Welcome to today's episode of the Point of Purity podcast, a weekly study filled to the brim with all the tools from Scripture you will ever need to build a lasting life of biblical purity. God is calling each and every one of us to put all of our attention upon Him all the time. He knows what's best for your heart. He knows what will make you spiritually healthy. He knows what will help you grow. He's already prepared a special meal just for you to help you do that. We need to open our Bible every day for the rest of our lives and feed upon every word that comes from the mouth of God. Well, I'm your host, Steve Etner, author, national speaker, and purity coach for the Pure Man Ministry. In this episode, we conclude last week's study on how to prevent a spiritual heart attack by looking today at how to be spiritually heart-healthy and heart-wise. In the fight against heart disease, a healthy diet and a healthy lifestyle are really your best weapons. So although, for example, eating things high in sodium won't instantly kill you, it's probably not very wise to consume them in great quantities. I mean, doctors tell us to eat more fish, limit our red meat and our dairy intake, count our cholesterol, fill up on fruits, vegetables, and whole grains, go easy on the caffeine. Why? Because the things you take into your body can directly impact the health of your heart. Well, in the same way, we need to watch what we eat spiritually. In Isaiah 55, verses 2 and 3, God asks a powerful question. He says, Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen to me. Eat what is good. Delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live. Isaiah 55, 2 and 3. Why do you spend your time, your energy, and and everything else that God has blessed you with on that which truly cannot feed you? Why waste it on that which doesn't satisfy you? It doesn't meet your needs. I mean, let's face it, lust, porn, and masturbation, and and all other forms of sexual impurity definitely fit into this category. We spend our time trying to satisfy King Me, only to come away empty, unfulfilled, and wanting more. Can you relate? God is calling each of us to put all of our attention upon Him all the time. Why? He knows what's best for your heart. He knows what will make you spiritually healthy. He knows what will help you grow. And he's prepared a special meal, if you will, just for you. You need to open your Bible every day, daily, for the rest of your life, feeding on every word that comes from the mouth of God, Matthew 4.4. Now, unlike most heart-healthy foods that truthfully can leave a lot to be desired in the taste department— The food that God has prepared for you is rich. In Psalm 19, verse 10, it says that God's word is sweeter than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Job 23, verse 12 declares, I have not departed from the commandment of God's lips. I have treasured the words of God's mouth more than my portion of food. In Psalm 119, verse 103, David writes, How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Jeremiah said, Your words were found, and I ate them. Your words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart, Jeremiah fifteen sixteen. 
God's Word promises that as you feed daily upon Scripture, it will delight your heart. It will meet your needs. It will fulfill you. In other words, it's good for you. Now, consider this. The opposite is equally as true. If you do not feed daily upon God's Word, your spiritual heart will become weak and sick. So here's a question for you. Are you eating healthy? Keep in mind that if you are not daily feeding upon the Word of God, you are daily feeding on something. We need to starve the sinful flesh. Stop lusting. Stop looking at porn. Stop letting your mind drift away on the waves of fantasy. You need to feed on the Word of God. You need to let God be the strength of your heart and your portion forever, Psalm seventy-three twenty-six. I'm sure most of you probably could quote Psalm 23 from memory. Our shepherd makes sure that we have the finest pastures to graze in. But did you know that sheep will only lie down in a green pasture when they're full? God's word fills us. It guides us. It restores us. It protects us. It comforts us. So why on earth would you want to go anywhere else to eat or to feed upon something that is not as good for you when God has already prepared the best table possible? He's already laid out a feast of the greatest fare imaginable. So if you want victory in your life over the beast of sexual impurity, you must build up your strength. And that comes by eating right, by feeding upon Scripture daily. You see, being fed from the pulpit is a good thing. Going to church on Sunday, hearing the preacher bring out the Word of God, that's great. But it must never be enough. Being read to has its place. But you and I, we need to read Scripture ourselves if we're going to grow. Think about this. The value of a meal is not in being handed the menu. The value in a meal is not in reading the menu. The value of a meal is not even ordering from the menu. The value of a meal is when you consume the food that has come off of that menu. If you want lasting change, you must take it even further, though. Yes, you need to be in the Word of God daily. You need to be like the saints in Berea that examined the Scriptures every day, Acts 17.11. You need to study God's Word, not just read it. Study God's Word each and every day, my friend. Examine it. Dig into it. Make the time to search for the hidden treasures that God has buried there for you. Don't be content with reading the little devotional that has two or three verses of Scripture, three or four paragraphs of commentary, and a cute little poem at the end. That should never be sufficient. That should never be enough. Remember, the only difference between reading your Bible and studying it is a pen and paper. And yet, what a difference that pen and paper can make in your life. And then, memorize and meditate on what you've studied. Now, (laughs) I can almost hear a collective groan rising in the throats of those of you who are listening to this. Memorize, are you serious? Why on earth do I have to memorize Scripture? I struggle so much with that. Can you relate? Consider this. In John 14, verse 26, Jesus is telling us that the Holy Spirit's primary ministry today in your life and mine 
is to remind you of the things that God has said to you, John 14, 26. Now, I want you to think about that for a moment. His job, the Holy Spirit's job, is to remind you of what God says to you in Scripture. So I have a question for you. Can you remember something you never knew? Well, of course not. I'm fairly certain quite a few of you, if not most of you, tried it in high school. You tried it in college, right? Didn't work then. It's certainly not going to work now. You cannot remember something you do not know. So suck it up, cupcake. Memorize God's word. Purposefully give the Holy Spirit the tools that he needs to remind you of God's truth in that moment of temptation. You also need to meditate on God's word. Okay, now, why meditate? Well, meditating on Scripture, um, mulling it over in your mind, thinking about what God is saying and how it applies to you personally, that will enable you to walk in obedience all throughout the day. God promises that when you meditate on His Word, when you choose daily to chew on the Scriptures and think about it, you will prosper. You will be successful, Joshua 1.8. So not only should you study God's Word, and meditate on God's Word, and memorize God's Word, most importantly, you should obey God's Word. I'll never forget that God is watching to see that His Word is fulfilled, Jeremiah 1.12. 1 Timothy 4, verses 7 and 8 says, Train yourself for godliness. While bodily exercise or bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, 1 Timothy 4, 7 and 8. Think about this. Your physical heart is a muscle. Therefore, just like all your other muscles, your heart will get stronger and healthier when you exercise. People who don't exercise are almost twice as likely to get heart disease as those who are active. Well, here's why I share that little tidbit of information with you. The same principle applies to your spiritual heart as well. In 1 Timothy 4, 7 and 8, Paul acknowledges the benefits of physical exercise, but then he points out that spiritual exercise, training yourself to be godly, is of far greater value. The fact is, this, this battle against sexual impurity isn't a one-time deal. I, I fight it once, I have victory once, and we're all done, the enemy's gone. Uh-uh. It's not even a battle that lasts for a brief season. This is a lifetime warfare. We are engaged in this spiritual battle for our entire life. Therefore, we need the endurance of an athlete if we're going to last for the duration and avoid the full takedown of the enemy. So how then do we exercise toward the goal of being godly? Well, just like an athlete exercises their muscles through the stress and strain of lifting weights, so we exercise our faith by putting our trust in God through the stress and the strain of life. God's command is in Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, to be strong, be courageous, don't be frightened, don't be dismayed. Rather, we need to trust in the fact that the Lord your God is with you wherever you go, Joshua 1, 9. The fact is, we cannot avoid the lure of lust, the pull of porn, and the magnet of masturbation. No matter how much we, we may want to, no matter how much we may try, we can't avoid it. It's all around us. But in the midst of those temptations, we can exercise our faith in God to help us through. 
In Psalm 9, verse 10, it says, Those who know God's name will trust in him, for the Lord has never forsaken those who seek him. It's only as you, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not in your own understanding and in all your ways acknowledge him, that is when he will make your paths straight. If you're anything like me, I'd rather that God simply wave a magic wand, speak a quick word, and remove the lust and get rid of the desires for sexual pleasures. Would, would you agree? Doesn't that sound good? I mean, just get it out of me once and for all. It sure would be nice to never have to struggle with lust ever again. However, as great as that sounds, I want to submit this. If God did do that, if he just wiped it away, I think I'd be more like a weak, sickly couch potato than I would be a trained, strong spiritual athlete. I mean, after all, how can I learn to trust him fully if I never faced another temptation? How can I rely completely on my Heavenly Father and say, You are my God, Psalm 3114, if I never pick up my sword and charge into the fray? Exercising myself toward godliness means not trusting in what I can do to get myself out of the mess I'm in, Proverbs 28.26, but rather it requires trusting in the name of the Lord my God, Psalm 20, verse 7. An athlete exercises and trains for the purpose of building up their strength, also that they can endure the race, endure the competition without faltering. Well, in the same way, we need to learn to rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character, and character produces hope, Romans 5, verses 3 and 4. Think about this. An athlete doesn't become strong overnight. He exercises for weeks and months upon months on end. Well, in the same way, we need to understand that the only way to build our faith in God, the only way to increase our ability to resist temptation in the midst of the battle, is to have your faith exercised, to step into the battle, to engage the enemy. It is with the temptation. Did you catch that? It is with the temptation that God provides a way of escape so that you can endure it. 1 Corinthians 10.13 Did you ever stop to think that even the best of athletes have times where they don't want to exercise? They have days when the thought of getting off that diet or not doing a particular exercise or ignoring the alarm and sleeping in just this once weighs heavily on their mind. They have to discipline themselves to exercise. They make a daily choice and a daily commitment to keep at it no matter what. Are you godly? Now, by that I mean this. Do you look like God? Do you act like God? Do you want to be like God? Now, let me clarify. I'm not asking if you are God or if you want to be a God. What I'm asking is, Do you want to be like God? Do you want to reflect God? Do you want people to see God when they see you? As others are are seeing you, as those around you know you, watch you, and learn from you, are you drawing their attention always to God, never to yourself? To become godly, to realize victory in your life over sexual impurity, it takes training. It takes exercise. It takes building and discipline. It requires the ability determination, and know-how to just say no to temptation, Titus 2.12. 
and to say yes to God. So quit dabbling in sin. Quit toying around with your temptations. Purify your inner life. Quit playing the field. Stop stop hanging around the door of her house, Proverbs 5.8. If you want to be godly, you must daily, fully and faithfully trust in God. You must be a lifetime student of God's word. You must at all times guard your heart, Proverbs 4.23. And you do that in part by watching and reading and listening to things that will promote godliness in your life. You must have a quiet time alone with God daily. One day in the near future, you will see God face to face, guaranteed. And the question I want you to be asking yourself right now is this, when I do appear before him, will he say to me, well done, good and faithful servant, Matthew twenty-five twenty-one. In Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30. This spiritual battle that we're engaged in, let's face it, it often leaves us feeling weary and worn, and just wiped out. Would you agree? I think Lamentations chapter 5, verse 5 describes it well. That verse says, Our pursuers are at our necks, and we are weary. We are given no rest. You ever felt that way? Oh, I can remember so many times over the years when that three-headed dragon of lust, porn, and masturbation was relentlessly breathing down my neck. I remember being exhausted, weak, always ready to give up, to, to, to quit. I remember feeling like I couldn't take another step onto the battlefield without dropping to my knees and screaming at the top of my lungs in utter defeat. Oh, I so desperately wanted rest, but I didn't know how to get it. Can you relate? It is only in Christ, my friend, only in Christ, that you will find your much-needed rest. Rest for a Christian comes when we invest consistent time alone with God, when we are still, quiet in our spirit, quiet in our heart, and know that He alone is God. Psalm 46.10 The more time that we invest with our Heavenly Father, the more that our spirit is revived. You see, God alone gives power to the faint. To him who has no might, God increases strength. I mean, even the youth shall faint and be weary. Young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Isaiah forty twenty nine through 31 Now, I know from my own personal experience that it can feel this way. But let me assure you, you are not fighting the battle alone. You're not. Cling tightly to God's promise in Exodus 33, verse 14, where he says, My presence will always go with you, and I will give you rest. So stop trying to figure it out on your own. Stop trying to rely on King Me or on self-help methods or the unbiblical advice of others. Come on, you've tried those avenues countless times before. I know you have. 
because I have, and they never work. We need to learn. You catching this? We need to learn. It doesn't come naturally. It doesn't come normally. We need to learn to discipline ourselves to be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Psalm 37, 7. Why? Because only God is your place of quiet retreat. Psalm 119, 114. So how then do we find this rest? Isaiah said in Isaiah 26, verse 3, that God keeps in perfect peace the man whose mind is steadfast, completely focused on God. Isaiah 26, 3. The rest that you and I need is found only in God. And it is only realized when you place all of your trust and your confidence in the God who gives strength to the weary. Isaiah forty twenty nine. Only as you lean fully on the one who will satisfy your weary soul will you experience a perfect, a complete quietness and peace deep within your spirit. As you daily come to Christ for your strength and help, it's important that you understand this. The Lord is your shepherd. You shall not be in want. He makes you lie down in green pastures. He leads you beside quiet waters. He restores your soul. He guides you in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil, for God is with you. His rod, his staff, they comfort you. God prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies. God anoints your head with oil. Your cup overflows because of God. Surely God's goodness and God's mercy will follow you all the days of your life, and you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 23. So the next time you're faced with temptation, the next time you battle with the desire to lust, the next time you struggle with the urge to masturbate, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your need, present your problem, present your temptation, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and it will guard your mind in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Well, if you would like to learn more about today's study, or if you're interested in learning more about our ministry, be sure to visit our website to see the multitude of resources that we've made available to you. You can find our website at thepuritycoach.com. Again, that's thepuritycoach, all one word, dot com. Well, thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. If this has ministered to you, if this has blessed you, challenged you, or encouraged you, I ask you to do two things. First, would you please let your friends know about the Point of Purity podcast? Help us help men and women across the globe win their war for sexual purity and live in freedom. And then second, and this is so important, take a few seconds right now and go to your favorite podcast player and rate our program. Why? Because every time you do, your rating lets them know this podcast is important. Your rating helps us get this program and this ministry into the ears and hearts of people just like you. So until next time, this is author, speaker, and purity coach Steve Etner reminding you that if you're going to glorify God in your everyday living, He must first be glorified in your every moment thinking.